Amen. Amen. Huge celebration. Great to have you guys here. Happy Easter. Man, that was totally weak. Are you kidding me? You ready? Happy Easter. All right, great to have you guys here. I hear we also have about 150 that spilled over into the 309 room across the hall here. So hey, happy Easter to you guys as well. Love you. You're a part of this, man. We love you guys. And um, I'm telling you, it is huge to see what God's doing in this area and in this place. So uh, we are starting a four-week series starting today. It's called Don't Be Fooled. It's easy to see something and not get the right view of it or understand it the way it really is. Um, so there's a guy, he uh, went to the zoo, and uh, he walks in and he sees somebody dressed in this uniform, sitting in the corner, weeping, just crying, tears pouring off, and he's sitting there and nobody's going near him, and so he goes to another guy who's dressed in uniform, he taps him on the shoulder and he's like, man, is everything okay? And uh, is there something we need to do? And he said, no, no, uh, the elephant passed away today. He goes, Whoa. He must have been really close with him, huh? No, he's the guy who has to dig the grave. (laughs) Things aren't always as they appear. And I'm just telling you, often the world likes to sell things and they're not as they appear. The world has a value system and they want to show us and teach us the way we should value and they're mistaken in it. And uh, I just grabbed a few things this week I was going through on the internet searching for Uh, The world's value system. So let's throw the first picture up here. Uh, That is a Tibetan Mastiff. It's a uh, dog that gets to be about 300 pounds, I hear. And they say it has the personality of a cat. (laughs) Why? Why would you buy that dog, right? 300-pound cat. Wonderful. And uh, so they found this dog. This dog's in China. Not many of them. All right. And uh, so a guy just bought one of these. True story. He bought it. Guess how much he paid? Yeah, throw it up. Two mil. I ain't going to buy that dog. Two million dollars. All right. I threw another one up here. Let's throw this up. And uh, this one we maybe pay two million for, right? So this is a Ferrari GT250, 1969, just sold. Uh, actually, the highest priced car that ever sold. And uh, the world has a value on this. I think I understand that value. No. So the world has a value on this. And uh, take a guess what they paid for this. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of the low numbers. Throw it up there. 52 mil. No, it's a really nice car, man. Yeah. And uh, apparently there were some races won with this back in 69. And uh, okay, next one. This is the last one. This is called a triptych. It's three-paneled painting. It was painted in 1969. And uh, take a guess. Yeah, I love it. Everybody's like, I have no idea now. I give, right? <laughs> Go ahead and throw it up. 142.4 million. Yeah, that's almost 50 million per panel. Right. And uh, I have no idea. I looked into why and I still don't know why. It's not even a good painting. I don't understand. Okay, whatever. So uh, last one. World's value on. Yeah. So we should say priceless. The world, they kind of shrug their shoulders. They kind of go, I don't know. I don't even know if there is value. I'd rather go back and talk about the dog or the car or the painting. And and, uh, don't be fooled. The world's selling something and it has nothing to do with eternity and nothing to do with our Savior. 
And as we walk through the next four weeks in this series, we're going to see what God has to say about the awesomeness of Jesus Christ, who he is, what we need to know about him and why he is priceless. All right. So turn with me, if you will. Let's get this started today. Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, Matthew 27, verse 51. We got ushers coming forward and they got Bibles in their hands. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand and they'll try to get one to you there. All right. Matthew 27, verse 51. The world would say, hey, Jesus went to the cross. He died. I guess it's done. Just so you notice the title, Jesus won at the cross. There was victory had. And uh, so what do we need to know and how do we need to respond to this Jesus who went to the cross for us in victory? First, don't be fooled. He demonstrated unparalleled love and earth shattering power in his death. So do not mistake him as weak. Do not mistake him as weak. He demonstrated unparalleled love and earth shattering power. Do not mistake him as weak. Let's just start it out here. Verse 51 It says, and behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tomb also tombs also were open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Let's just start there. Context. We covered this on Good Friday, the first verses from 32 to 50 in context. This is Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus Christ being crucified. And as his arms and feet were nailed to the cross, as flesh was torn, as tendons were torn, as blood was shed, as Christ in agony was suffocating on the cross, as that was taking place, it says right before verse 51 and verse 50, It says, and Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Verse 51, where we pick up, this is when Christ had just passed away. Just. It says, and behold. And uh, just so you know, that word means, check it out. Like, this is really unique. And uh, behold, it means what? Check it out. It means check it out. And so when I say, The word as I'm reading, just tell me what I'm supposed to think. Ready? And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. Why is that a big deal? I tore my curtain last week just trying to open them. And what's the big deal? And uh, so I looked up a little bit on the curtain. Just so you know, the curtain covered the entirety of the temple uh, from top to bottom. It was meant to separate everyone from the Holy of Holies, that place where God allowed his manifest presence, his glory to be revealed was just inside that Holy of Holies. And only one person could go in there per year, the high priest. And the thing that separated everybody was this curtain. They really needed a better name, quite frankly. It sounds so small, 60 feet high, 40 feet wide, four inches thick. Josephus was writing about it and he said, I'm telling you, if you tied a horse to it to draw it aside, they could not pull the whole curtain aside. That's how heavy it was. Horse couldn't pull it open. Massive curtain. God's glory on the other side. When a whole, when the high priest would go in, he would go to the bottom and peel apart just enough to scoot underneath and it would close behind him. And he was in amongst God. And his awesome glory for a short period of time. Why? To represent Israel and Israel's sin 
to bring that before God for forgiveness, God's glory, one man, everybody else separated by the curtain. The curtain opens from the bottom as a man scoots it aside and just fits inside. Notice what it says now. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. (sighs) Top to bottom. Big deal. Everybody say, that's a big deal. Top to bottom, God opening up that curtain. Top to bottom, as he opens it up one last time and says, I tell you this from now on, my glory will be amongst the people. They can come to me, I to them. This is now my glory shared with the universe. At the death of Jesus Christ. Huge deal. As the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, it says, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. In that moment, there was this thunderous earthquake. We're not talking about that little thing where the paintings on the wall jiggle a little, you know, and like, that's it. That's not that kind of thing. The rocks split. Like as the earth rumbled and thundered, rocks blew apart, earth moving all over the place. Can you imagine being there when this was going on? As Christ cries out and gasps his last and everything breaks loose, thunderous, earth shattering, earthquake, creation was crying out. This is our savior. This is our king. And he will be celebrated. There was power and authority in the death of Jesus Christ. And it says, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened. Oh boy. Like y'all know why we close the tombs, right? And so when tombs open up, not a good thing. Days and weeks and months have gone by. It says the tombs of the saints, those who had faith in God Almighty, those who were trusting in Him. And as Christ passes away in that moment, the thunderous earthquake, now strategically, only rolling aside tombs of those that have believed in Him, having faith, right? And all of a sudden these tombs are opening up and revealing what's inside. But the beauty of what's inside now, it says... And many of the bodies of these saints that had fallen asleep were raised. They came to life, man. You don't hear about this much, right? As I started looking for a passage to preach on Easter, I'm like, earthquakes? People being raised from the dead? Kind of says power, doesn't it? And, and, And then check what happens right after it. It says, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went to the holy city and appeared to many. Imagine that you're like sitting back at your house. The earth has just rumbled. Your whole house is shaken. Paintings falling off the walls, little clay jars tipping over and breaking everything going. You're like, whoa, hang on. Did you see that? What was that? All of a sudden there's a knock at your door and you send your little kid over and she goes over and answers the door and she's like, Hey dad. It's Papa. And you're like, she's lost her mind. What do I do now? So you walk to the door and you start to get there and you're like, whoa. All right, who are you? Come on, you know me, son. Are you kidding? Prove it. What happened a year ago? I need to know. And he starts giving proof to, and you're like, 
It's him. Come in. What's going on? And he says this. The savior of the universe has just given up his life. And I have been given life for a moment to testify. And we are, there are many of us all over this city sharing of the greatness of Jesus Christ. Man, he raised people from the dead to share of who he was. Power and authority. It says, the tombs also were opened to many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tomb after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. It says, when the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe. Do you, do you think they were filled with awe and they said, truly, this was the son of God exclamation point. Let's just review as Jesus is whipped more than most are ever whipped as Jesus can't even carry his cross as another carries it for him as Jesus is placed on this cross and when he was reviled he did not revile again and when he was mocked he did not respond back and when he could have displayed his authority by taking himself off the cross he chose not to and the centurion and others standing there as watch and all of a sudden everything goes dark for three hours right three hours of blackness and you're holding your spear and you're standing there supposed to watch him and you're like what is going on, right? Three hours of darkness and all of a sudden it starts to lighten up again and then he cries out his last gasp. Ah! And yields his spirit. Earthquake, perfect timing, rumbling and thundering the place and all of a sudden Everyone throughout the whole community is woken up that something massive in this universe has just occurred. And uh, the centurion and those with him went. Surely that was the son of God. I'm telling you to be there would have stunned you. Were there other witnesses? It says, yeah, they, there were also many women. Uh, who were looking, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee. They were ministering to him. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. There were some women there as well. People who saw the authority of Christ displayed in so many ways. Don't kid yourself. Jesus did not die on the cross displaying his weakness. Jesus died on the cross displaying authority and power throughout the universe with earthquakes and people being raised from the dead and witnesses galore and those declaring truly this one is the son of God, Jesus Christ. What an awesome moment. How often we are uh, tricked by what we see. We look upon something and we go with just our eyes, right? And, and uh, so back in 1884, there was a young man who had uh, passed away and uh, it was a sad time. His parents were devastated. And they wanted to do something to remember him. And, and they couldn't figure out what. And, and Harvard was a big university at that time. And they're like, let's go there. And so they went to Harvard. And they talked with some of the people in charge. And they said, we would really like to do something to remember our son. A memorial of some sort. I don't know what. 
And he's like, well, you don't mean memorial. Maybe like a scholarship. We could do a scholarship for a year or something like that. They were dressed a little less than fancy. And he certainly didn't know their names at all. And, and he was like, you know, let's just be careful with how far we go with this crazy thing, right? And uh, they said, no, no, we're really looking to do something more of a memorial, more of a something built, a building of some sort. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Harvard's not in need of buildings right now. We've really been well cared for. So we're just going to have to say no, thank you. And and, uh, so they moved on and they did end up establishing a memorial for their son. They called it uh, Leland Stanford Junior University. Stanford. That's where it came from, man. Uh, A mom and dad who had lost their son and wanted to do something in remembrance. And they were so humble in their dress and so meager in the way they managed life. And people didn't know them as they hobnobbed with them. So they passed it aside. And be careful how much more is Jesus Christ misunderstood. And uh, man, even if we believe in him, how often do we dismiss and set aside something about him? Simple question. Have you looked into Christ deeply? Have you seen the power and the authority associated with the King of Kings? Have you grasped who he is? Another question. Do you get that he's not weak? Do you get that? Man, our job today is to make sure that we don't go out of here thinking small of Jesus Christ. May we think much of him. The creation cried out with earthquakes and thunderous and the dark and the, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is to be made much of. And all of God's people said, that's where we need to be responding. That our God is awesome. Lean on him. His power will stun you. You have no clue what he's doing. And I'm telling you, some of you today are here and you're like, you don't know my problem. You're right. But Jesus Christ does lean on the king and watch him do a work you could never do yourself. Man, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, today's the day and now's the time. If you have not trusted in him, it's time to say, Lord, I'm done with managing it myself. Please forgive me for my rebel position. Please use your shed blood. Please use what you did on the cross for me. Forgive me. You're my God. Man, that's saved. Not just saying the words, but all in, heart in. Do you see him as strong and powerful, your king? It's time to dismiss the weakness that the world sells. Don't be fooled. Second, don't be fooled. Even when it seems nothing is happening, he is at work. So wait patiently for his timing. Even when it seems nothing is happening, he is at work. So wait patiently for his timing. Notice it says here, uh, when it was evening, uh, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. This man was a follower of Christ. This man cared much about what Jesus had to say, and he wanted to care for him. Um, Notice it says, it was evening and there came a rich man. Everybody say, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. We can walk past it. A rich man. Why is it a big deal? Listen to this passage from the prophets. Isaiah 53 verse 7. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. Like a sheep 
that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Here we go. And they made his grave with wicked and a rich man in his death. Man, in the midst of Christ dying, in the midst of it seeming like it's all over, as the disciples' shoulders have dropped and they're walking away saying, I guess it's done. This isn't how I thought it was going to go. And in the midst of that, much was being done. God, the almighty king, father of the universe, moving and shaping, fulfilling prophecy, even as all was quiet as Christ was being buried. Joseph, it says, he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Uh, Just so you know, Pilate should have said no. You give the body away to the family, otherwise it's like a mass burial for anybody who was crucified. Treat them as the smallest of the small. And uh, he went and asked. Uh, Pilate ordered it to be given to him. Uh, Everybody say, that's a big deal. We better see in the quiet of seemingly nothing happening, massive things were happening. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own tomb which he had cut in the rock and he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. Jesus Christ was crucified between two paupers, two robbers, two thieves. Jesus Christ now buried with a rich man. He died amongst the wrong, but he was buried with a rich man. Huge deal. And uh, it goes on, it says, the next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate, and they said, sir, we remember how this imposter said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. We remember that this imposter, imposter, and the world sells things about Jesus Christ that just aren't true. What makes him an imposter? He claimed that he could heal someone. Oh, and he did. He claimed he could feed 5,000 with two loaves of fish. And Oh, and he did. He, he claimed that this blind man could see that his sins could be forgiven. He claimed, he claimed, he did, he did. What is there to claim about imposter? They just didn't want to believe it. This imposter. Notice what it says here. Big deal. It says, he said... After three days, I will rise. Now, for those of you who know the other gospel accounts, there are moments where people are walking around saying, this one, he claims he's going to rebuild the temple in three days. And that's, of course, crazy. It's going to take decades upon decades. And But it turns out they actually did understand him. They did get that he meant his own body. And they did get that it meant in the next three days he would rise. That was his claim. Everybody say, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure. And until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people, he has risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. Fraud? There isn't much respect for Jesus Christ in the world. Be careful where you get your information. And if you're on the fence today wrestling with who is this Jesus, watch yourself. 
the world sees him as a fraud and an imposter who claims things that are ridiculous, even though he followed through. Cautious. Make sure you're trusting what God has to say about him. Jesus Christ, absolutely to be trusted. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure, right? It says, he has risen, he'll say, he has risen from the dead, and that last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers, go. Make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Two things they did, sealing and setting, because they heard Jesus Christ's promise of coming to life three days later. Sealing and setting. Let me ask you a question. Did the world hear that Jesus Christ would rise from the dead? Answer. Need it bigger. Did the world hear that Jesus Christ said he would rise from the dead? Are you kidding me? Yes, they set the stone in place. They put a guard around and sealed that stone. That was absolutely to say, stop this fraud. We don't believe in him. Shut it down. And let's see what happens from there. And uh, how often we sit in the midst of a tough spot where we need to be patiently waiting upon Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And instead we try to stand against him or impatiently walk away from him. And uh, why is it so hard to be patient for God as he works in the moments of quiet like this? Can you imagine how hard it was for these disciples? It looks like Jesus Christ just died. Done. Everything over. What do we do now? And uh, maybe you're in one of those spots right now. In life. Where something's happening and you're like, it looks like it's done. It's over. And trust me. The almighty king of the universe is at work behind the scenes. Wait patiently upon him. He's setting the stage for awesome works to be done. And uh, I just wrote this down. Four thoughts to keep us patient. Four thoughts to keep us patient. Number one, all for his glory. All for his glory. It's pretty easy to go, all for my comfort. Right? And uh, just so you know, if you turn on the TV today, watch the commercials. They're not selling all for his glory. Right? They're selling all for you, man. Just comfort. That's what it's all about. You're being bombarded with it's all for you. The first statement to be made is no, it's not. All for your glory, King of Kings. Second, hey, God's got this. God's got this. He's sovereign. Hand over everything. He's either moving, He's allowing, or He's disallowing, but His sovereign hand is at work. God's got this. And uh, now you're trusting in him. uh, All for his glory. God's got this. Third, uh, I need to do some growing. I need to grow. Hey, let's be honest. It's not perfection. Not here. I got a lot of growing to do. And God, I'm willing to see where those places are. I need to grow. And uh, number four, and this circumstance can help. That's the doozy. This circumstance can help. I'm telling you, your patience will go up tenfold. As you see, it's all for his glory. God's hand is all over it. He's got it. 
You need some growing to do. And that's what brings him glory. And this circumstance, it can provide that very thing needed to help grow you. Patience as God does an amazing work in your life. The disciples, not a good model of patience here. They lost it. Flipped out. Don't believe in him anymore. And uh, don't be that as well. Stand by your Savior in the midst of the storm and watch God do an amazing work in you. And uh, question, have you ever met an impatient farmer? Not a good one, right? Maybe not a farmer for very long. And uh, you think about it, it's the planting and the waiting it's the sun and, and the rain and the combinations and the soil needing to dry and the, and just hanging on and waiting as things happen over time. There is a growth that occurs in the waiting. And don't be an impatient farmer. Let God do an amazing work in your life. The circumstances he has set up will grow you and will bring him glory for all things work together for good to those that are the called according to his purpose. Trust him. Lean on him and watch God do an amazing work. He is worth waiting for. All right? So question. You being patient? Whatever that circumstance is, you're waiting on the almighty king to do his mighty work and watching him be glorified? Hand it to him now. That gives him the most glory of all. I'm trusting you. King of kings and Lord of lords. All right? So don't look at him as weak. Wait upon him in those tough times. And third, don't be fooled. He has risen with authority and power. So take hold of his feet and worship. Don't be fooled. He has risen with authority and power. So take hold of his feet and worship. We're going to walk through these 10 verses fairly quickly here. It says, now after the Sabbath, I really say that's Saturday. Let's make sure we lock in on where we are. After the Sabbath, what comes after Saturday? Yeah, there we go. You ever wonder why we're gathered here on a Sunday morning? And here we go. It says, now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day, around six or seven o'clock in the morning, right? Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. This was not in celebration. This was in grieving as they continued forward. You usually went on a Friday, you'd set up and put out some herbs and some smelling things. And then you'd come back two days later and you'd try to refresh. Okay, they were coming back to refresh the tomb and to sorrowfully grieve. It says, and behold, and uh, remember when we see the word behold, it means check that out. Okay, check that out. What does it mean? Three times in this passage, we're going to see it three times in 10 verses. Uh, Get ready. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Did you know that? Two earthquakes. There was an earthquake on Friday that said, the Savior has given up his life for all creation. Quiet. Resurrection morning. Hang on, we are not done. He is risen. Amen. May he be worshipped for that. Amen. Says and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Man, that had to be an awesome job. Don't you think? All right, all right, all right. 
You. Yes? I need you to be the lone messenger. Okay. For Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, is risen from the dead. Woo, baby! Who am I telling, man? Where are we going? You're going to go to earth, and the first thing you're going to do is rock that place. I need a massive earthquake, man. You rumble that place. I want that stone rolling away all on its own. Yes, sir. And then hang out. You're going to have to tell a few people about it. Okay. Uh, the gospel according to Tim. I don't know. It's a... Behold, there was an earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. Have you ever walked out on a crisp, freezing, cold morning where there was snow on the ground? Have you ever seen that? And, and white snow everywhere and the sun coming up and it's so bright that you almost can't look at it. It's so bright and that's what's going on. Or where a lightning bolt strikes down so close to you, it makes you kind of jump back. Your hair sort of stands on end and the lightning is so bright, you kind of turn your eyes away and that's how bright, non-stop shining, this angel. Doesn't say how tall, I'm picturing big. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. I love that. They're standing next to a tomb to keep a dead man dead, and the live men act like dead men. Right? You gotta love it. You got, I mean, Jesus Christ, thundering statement of earthquake through an angel created, and this angel coming down has stunned them, and they're now like, and they can't do a thing. Useless to protecting. Earthquake has broken the seal. The presence of the angel has stopped the setting of the guard. It says, but the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. I love this. He says to the women, not to the guards, right? It's like, ladies, don't be afraid. You be afraid. (laughs) Knock it off. Now, don't be afraid, right? It doesn't say the guards relaxed and they're like, oh, cool. We don't have to be afraid. They're still trembling like dead men. And uh, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus whom was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. As he said, Jesus Christ follows through on his word. Amen. Amen. Trust him with all you have. Come see the place where he lay. Now, <laughs> I can't imagine you're, you're like, the brightness of the angel, the guards are standing there, they're still like this, and you're like, excuse me, sorry, I gotta get past you just for a sec, he's asking me to see something. <laughs> okay. Yep, it's empty! It's empty! Alright! It's empty! Good, I can step back now. Notice it says, come see the place where he lay. Then, go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. Amen to that. They saw... And they took off bolting. Notice it says, behold, which means check it out. He is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. I don't know why that last phrase is in there. It makes me think it kind of went like this. Job done. 
Check that box. Everything accomplished. Now I've told you, it is time for you to go see your Savior as he walks among you again. He is risen and he is making an impact. Go, behold, he'll be among you. And uh, their response, so they departed quickly. I would think so, right? And it's like, I'm telling you, he's going to be among you. Go there. Done. See ya. And they bolt out of there. So they departed quickly and uh, from the tomb with fear and great joy. Have you ever had that combination of emotion going on? With fear and great joy. I'm not sure I've ever had those two together. But, but as they're walking away from the angel, maybe running away from the angel, they're like, woohoo, man, yeah. What was that? I don't know. Woo! Right? That has to be what's going on a bit, right? There's a bit of like shock. And, and yet like, this is awesome. And did they believe the angel? Did they believe the angel? Yeah, all of you are thinking. I think they did. And uh, yes, they went bolting off because they believed. So they departed quickly from the tomb where fearing great joy and ran to tell the disciples and behold, Jesus met them. I think he said that that would happen. And then that's what happened, right? May we trust Jesus Christ in the messages that are sent and the truth that he gives. He said he'd meet, he met. The angel gave the message and it all came through. Jesus met them and said, greetings. <laughs> hey, I think that's, that's all it means. It's a casual meeting, greeting. Th- like, hey, what's up? And uh, dude, and uh, Jesus was just given a casual greeting as he met him. And uh, their response as the king of kings gave a casual greeting. They came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. With power and authority, Jesus Christ delivered. From the moment of darkness on Friday until the resurrection earthquake. Earthquake after earthquake. Darkness and light. Angels and booming authority. Trembling guards. Breaking seals. Our God has power. Amen? May we worship him. May we come to him. May we long for his way in our lives. We trust you, Jesus Christ. Fall on our knees at his feet and worship and worship him. And uh, that's a powerful moment at his feet. It says, then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. We're getting the word out, boys. This thing's paid for. Time for us to live that out. Wow. Jesus Christ, he deserves your worship. Jesus Christ, he deserves your celebration. At his feet, grabbing on and clinging, making much of him. And uh, here's what I'm going to ask right now as we prepare to do some worshiping of Jesus. Worship team, why don't you come on and get set? We're going to have a number of people moving. Just, that's okay. Let them move. Here we go. And, uh, So worship team's getting set. We have a job to do as we close here. And this is our job. Are you all listening? I need eyes here. We have job to do. We need to lift this roof off in praise. Man, we closed Good Friday as we left very somber. I think we had about 1,100 people, a little over that here, as we celebrated our Savior's work on the cross. Everybody left in quiet. 
That was a huge night as we came before the cross. People giving up sin. We had someone saved. We had huge work at hand. I'm telling you this, as much as that was quiet exiting, this has to be with absolute praise and celebration. Whistling, applause, cheers, screaming out loud, anything you're thankful for that Christ has done for you. Our job is to take this roof and lift it off. So I have a single question for you. Are you ready to worship him? All right. Everybody stand up. Hang on. Everybody stand up. 309, stand up. I've got a poem that I want to read. This is a song, and I'm not about to sing it. This is a song I'm going to read for you. And as this thing closes out, absolute cheering and praise for our awesome king with all power and all authority. He is worth waiting on and trusting in. And all of God's people said, here we go. Jesus is incomparable, unconquerable, all powerful, unstoppable, absolutely phenomenal. No obstacle he can't navigate. He's God and so he fascinates. It's impossible to exaggerate. Lord of all continents, source of all consciousness. Every sphere of life, he's the Lord of it. And every other power is either fraudulent or subordinate. He takes in blatant, flagrant vagrants. He breaks them, remakes them, and shapes them to hate sin. Jesus, there is no better name. That'll never change. He'll forever reign while we spread his face.